Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Some days life feels perfect. Other days it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong. And everything in between Yo, it's crazy, amazing We can turn our hearts through the words we say Mountains crumble with every syllable Hope can live or die So speak life
Welcome to the live episode of the Butterfly Evolution Show. This is Tammy. I want to thank you guys for tuning in with me tonight. Um, As you all know, Rodney is not with us. He's still um, doing his duty as a father, um, helping to marry out and helping each other out, I guess I should say. So we don't know how long he will be out. I did have a co-host tonight. I don't know what happened to her. I've been trying to reach her. Um, So that being said, hopefully she will call in um, and we'll get her on. If not, you guys know the show must go on. I'm going to do what I do. Um, I was looking forward to having her on because of her age and what um, she's gone through, going through, and, and all of that. This is actually her suggestion for the show, but one that I feel is much needed. So we'll give her some time. That's why I kind of let the song play a little bit longer. Um, but we'll give her some time to 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 log on and get get in. So that being said, hope everybody is well and have had a had a wonderful weekend and is having a wonderful week. Um, want to remind you guys the chat room is open and I'm going to verify that it is open. I am there. Uh, phone lines are open if you're listening by way of social media um, and you want to call in or you're already in queue with us. Um, the call-in number, 818-691-7406. Again, 818-691-7406 is the call-in number. If you want uh, to add to the show by way of maybe you have a question, a comment, or just want to add something, select the number one. The way that we identify the call is we pull you in, providing your area code and the last four digits of the number that you are calling from. So that being said, this is a... As, as all of the topics are, but this is a very um, delicate topic, but also much needed topic. So we're going to be thorough, and I say that to say I hope you all, especially adults who are listening as well, share where you've come from. If you found yourself, I, I posted not long ago that how delicate this, this topic is to me, um, and what we're discussing tonight is mental um, wellness, based, basically, mental health conditions, the condition, the mental state of our youth and young adults. And if you're like me, I just remember wearing so many masks in my life when it relate, as it relates to pain. So this is something that we need to speak up as adults about. We need to share um, I had family in town this weekend, and it was such a blessing because I got to sit and talk and have conversations with one of my cousins, um, all, all of them, but one, um, because she stayed here with me the most, and we just, we sat up till 4.30 in the morning talking and found out how much pain we had in common, how much growth we had in common. And so um, I'm thankful she left the most beautiful note on my bed, um, and I returned it by saying, you know, what a great com- what will a great conversation do, you know? And how who would have known that we had we shared so much in of life, we had so much in common, but we've been passing each other all these years, 
just with a, hey, how you doing, you know, good to see you, that kind of thing, but never really sitting down and talking and sharing our, our, our good, bad, ugly, all, all of that. So just feel really, really thankful um, for that. And that's what, that's what keeps me coming here every Monday night is great conversations that not just, not that I have to give you all, but what you give me back just by listening because by me talking, I'm able to free myself from so many things, so many. So that being said, um, phone lines are open, chat lines open, share tonight. Um, if you're listening through by way of social media, I don't always, we don't always get to see um, who's listening, who's tuning in until or if we check our numbers behind the scene, and I'm not sure how accurate those are about the people who listen through Facebook and all that. So if you have something to share through Facebook, uh, which is the only social media that I currently have up, then send me a message. If you don't want it public, send me a message behind the scenes, and I'll get it on. Um, Or if you're okay, share it on my page, and I'll make sure that I get it on there as well and share it on the show. Uh, we're going to remind you guys, too, of our trash can baby um, in order to continuously promote the need for mindfulness and understanding the need for change is to motivate you guys to change something in your life, something that is so small and is insignificant, but in doing it you will, if you're like us and normal and that kind of thing, you will realize that, our mind keeps up with the most smallest and insignificant things that it's so easy to get in the routine of habits. And that's with things that we don't think about, like things that we just kind of get in this this pilot mode, cruise control mode, so to speak, and, and we we go. We do life as we know it, and we accept life as we know it. And I think that has a lot to do with the mental condition of our young people. Um, I I want to say not being free, but I'll, I I don't want that to be misinterpreted because at the same time I think they may have too much freedom. Um, I think everything needs to be in balance, and so we'll we'll get into that. But we ask you to move your trash can one that you visit frequently. Uh, we typically suggest that it is maybe the one in the kitchen. It could be your bedroom, your bathroom, wherever you spend most of your time and you find yourself throwing your trash away, um, that one. Move it to a different location. It doesn't have to be a different room, same room, different location, and then monitor how often you return to its old location, to the place that you moved it from. Uh, we've not had anybody share the results of this in a very long time. Matter of fact, the last person I remember sharing it was uh, Anthony Collins, um, and he hasn't been on in a very long time. So do this, come back and share with us. For our young people that are listening, you do it as well, and every time you do it, and this is something I want for every young person that's listening, and I consider young um, to be, I don't know, teenage on up to 24, 25, I'll, I'll say even 30 in some cases. But because, And I say that because of the way our world is set up today. Um, and that goes back to that freedom, 
maybe not enough freedom, too much freedom, no, no real balance where it allows our young people to really become who they are um, and nurturing, looking for that, helping them find that at an early age and helping them grow into that. I think so often we, we, we kind of make the decision of what we want our children to be, how they want, the, how we want them to be, and a lot of it is based upon what we did not get to do or wanted to do and wanted to be, and we're looking for our own um, esteem, so to speak, because we've all kind of gotten lost in the shuffle of our parents' life or whomever was our caretaker. So I want this show to be about so much and I want our young people to realize that a lot of what you, much of what our young people go through, whether we as adults want to admit it or not, is caused by how we have raised them. What we did, what we did not do, what we did not say, what we said too much of, and I get it. It's hard to be a parent. It's hard to get it right. And the one thing I would do differently Although I, I thought I did it enough, I think I did it enough, I would pray more. I would stay on my knees even the more. And con- I would never let anything get me too busy to be on my knees. Um, because at the end of the day, y'all, that's all we really have. I was uh, having a conversation. We went to register my big baby now, the the concession grill, and I won't get into that, but we purchased a concession grill, and we had to register it and get the tags and all that. And, of course, everybody is talking about voting today. And and we ended up in this good conversation with the workers and some of the people who were getting their, taking care of their business as well about, you know, you can vote all you want and we can make such a big deal out of this. But at the end of the day, we better be praying because it's going to come a day that, it doesn't matter who we voted for. We're gonna need we're gonna need a higher power. That day is coming. I sometimes feel like we're already here in those times. But I want to get that across to the young people. Um, you pray for yourself as well. You pray for your life. If there's nobody to talk to, if you feel that there's no one to talk to, let me tell you that there always is. Always, always, always. And actually, that is the first. The first, my first suggestion is to get on your knees and call out, call out to your God. So that being said, what I want to do is I'm going to check to make sure that I've not missed this little baby because this show was really about um, her need for this. And I don't see anything from her, so I'm just going to pray that she is okay and that I will hear from her Um Soon. I just don't know what happened, so because she was so ready for this. But anyway, be patient with me because I was going to let her do much of her talking, um, sharing her own experience. Um, but we're going to do this show tonight. I've gotten to a point where I don't, uh, I don't sweat it. I just keep it moving. I don't sweat the things that I cannot change and cannot control. So we're going to keep it moving here. Um, so you guys help me out. Share. I'm going to talk about. Some of the posts. Let me read what what tonight's show about first. Young adults dealing with depression and mental health is the topic. According to the National Alliance of Mental Health, one in five, again, one in five youth and young adults live with a mental health condition. 
Half of them develop these conditions by the age of 14 and three-quarters by the age of 24. And I want to read that again. One in five. So you think about your life. How many teenagers do you know? How many young people do you know? One in every five of those people live with a mental health condition. Half of them develop these conditions by the age of 14. Think about the children, the youth that you know who are around the age of 14. And three-quarters by the age of 24. And then broaden that number beyond 14 to age 24. Think about the things that you're seeing today, the things that you're hearing, um, the things that break our young people. And seemingly sometimes it's the things, those things that seem so, um, I'm going to say unimportant, but I, I want to say they're easily disturbed and broken not really able to endure pain and expect life to be pain-free, yet have so much going on and so much going on internally that they don't talk about. So I, I, I want you to think about every smile, every child that you know, youth and young adult, every smile that you get, are you getting, are you getting the real I ran into someone today that I've known was a young person, and I've not seen this this young person in a very long time. And I, I, I my heart hurt because I, I felt like there was so much he wanted to say, but so much he didn't say. And so I came home. He stayed on my heart. My heart was tugging. My mind was going, trying to figure out, what is it? Should I have said more? Should I should I have asked more questions? Um, should I, just should I have did more? And so, neither here nor there now. And I couldn't make him put him back in front of me. So I came and I went on Facebook and I sent a message behind the scenes. Hey, good to see you. But are you okay? Because I just. I just felt something, something, something's going on. And it could be not that much. Sometimes I think we just don't take the time to sit down. And like I, like I mentioned earlier with my cousin, imagine how, how freeing some things would have been just to have that conversation. And not that you are dwelling on pain. It's just that you, you finally sit in front of someone with like um, experiences meaning they understand a bit more about you. They understand how you feel, what, what you've gone through, because the, the experiences are so similar. And it gives you a connection. It connects you in some way because you understand a bit better. And so the, that, that's it's just the same way. So... I'm going to finish the, the show, finish the, um, the details for the show. So one in five youth and young adults live with mental health conditions. Half of them develop these conditions by age 20, by 14 and three quarters by the age of 24. These conditions are often a direct response to what is happening in their lives. And this is currently, okay? So these conditions are often a direct response to what is happening in their lives. Experiencing and living with mental health conditions at an early age can be scary, alarming, confusing, 
and embarrassing. Therefore, a heartfelt conversation is necessary. And from there, it just asks you to grab the young people and it introduces our co-host for tonight, who's not on. Um, So that's what we're talking about. And if you know someone, if you run into a young person like I did today, I really hate that I didn't say more. I really hate that I didn't ask more questions. I just should have gotten really, that should have been more of Tammy, and I didn't. So the only way I could make up for that is come back and try to to, to regroup and recreate that moment. Um, I did not hear back, and I'm hoping that I eventually will, but for now, no answers. Um, There's some things. Let me share this. I went to a site, and this particular site just brought tears to my eyes, and I want to give um, a number out before we start for our young people who are listening. There's a number that you can call, 800-273-TALK, 800-273-TALK. If you're experiencing any depression, um, suicide thoughts, uh, any of that, please, please, please call that number. Um, or, or have a friend, have someone in mind that you can always call. If you guys don't know, our teenage suicide rate is alarming. Suicide rate on an average is alarming. So there's a, a site called OK, O and K, the letter OK, the number 2talk.org, OK2talk.org. If you ever run into a young person or if you're an older person that's going through it, because to read some of these things that our young people are posting, it's heartbreaking. It is sincerely heartbreaking. So I want to share, and this is where I'm reading it from, oktotalk.org. I'm going to start out by reading uh, one of the ones that I read last night. Um, Walking through the crunching leaves, Take in a breath of dark air. Falling into the ground underneath, I feel like I feel life slip without a care. Slowly draining the memories, only the feeling of pain. Who will tell my story? What of me will remain? The darkness consumes me. The demons attach to my soul. Taking me apart, breath forever leaving no longer precious and whole. Instead, a body with no use, a mind with no thinking, a wire around my neck, the torturing news. In the darkness, I continue sinking, consumed by my darkest thoughts. The rage inside filling the air, escape is what I thought. Looking to the sky, asking for a prayer, No answer simply screams, no one can hear. Nightmare after nightmare, screaming in tears, longing for my mind to be elsewhere. And it ends there. And there are so many more from people, some as young as eight, who are experiencing pain from things that at this age they should know nothing about, which goes back to, the description, much of, much of these conditions are often a direct response to what is happening or perhaps what they're seeing or what they've seen 
too soon, far too soon. Even things, this brings me to even things in the Bible that after hearing, um, and I hope this young lady is listening because I actually shared the show with her as well, but I remember us talking about um, Cain and Abel and how young people may view that. This this young person was, was kind of talked about how hearing this story made her think, how, what what kind of God is this that will 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 tell somebody to do this and just 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 all kinds of stuff or maybe it was the one maybe I'm thinking about the wrong story I'm gonna check on that because but it was one of those stories that would make um, her question what who is this guy you guys keep telling me about and so I say that to say. We need to we need to be careful what we expose our young minds to and how we expose it. We just simply need to be careful because that's exactly what it is. It's a young mind. It's a sponge. And it's there to receive and to take everything in. And sometimes what they're taking in, they don't have enough to process. And so that leaves them with misunderstanding, misguidance. And they're unable to move forward. And you think about that with us. Um, Sometimes we, even as adults, we don't know how to process it all. And so we're confused. So imagine when we're allowing our children or or young people to um, see or be involved in too much of, of what we're going through. Think about that. Um, let me read some of the, and I'm going to keep checking you guys back here because I don't want to miss this young baby if she is going to be, if she if she does pop in. And for those of you who just popped in, um, we had a, a, a host, a co-host for tonight, but for some reason she is not here, and uh, so I'm kind of worried about it, and I'm going to keep checking back and forth with my phone to just make sure she's not trying to connect with me and, and let me know what's going on. But to to go back to the story I was speaking about, how we we allow our kids to see too much, the story that the young person was speaking about, uh, Abraham, God telling Abraham to kill his son, that portion of, of the of the Bible, a young person may not understand that, and this is exactly what this young person was dealing with, and had and when I heard this, this young person was a teenager, I believe like 16 years old, talking about how that that. Um, just a misunderstanding of it all, and so and and this is this is coming from the Bible. So imagine life, and we don't really allow them to speak about things, their feelings. We have life set up for them. This is what you do. This is what you do. This is how you do it. Down to the point of how they go to school and they sit in these desks. They're confined. You know, they got this is when you go to the bathroom. This is when you can't go to the bathroom. Like, this is, we're going to make you who you are. But God created them to be, to be and to become who they were created to be. There's purpose in that little life that we as adults, I think, sometimes snatch away with our own mess, with our own junk. And that leaves them with these mental conditions and confused. And then they have to go out into this world and deal with other children, young people, who are equally confused. 
and disturbed. You think about bullying to the magnitude that it is today, how kids can bully a person to death to make them feel like death is better than going to school and being a part, being amongst my my peers and preparing for high school dances and proms and dating, that death is better. And then for some to not be disturbed by the choice of suicide. And if you would really stop and take a look, people are hurting. People are crying out for help. And the social media stuff is not making it better. I can't tell you how many times I leave home and I'm almost or someone else is almost run over because so people are so attached to technology. And what do we do? We buy three, four, five-year-olds, iPhones, Samsungs. We, get, we put this technology in their hand at a very young age rather than a Bible, rather than some, some good books that teach them about sharing and caring and loving and speaking up for themselves in a way that they should. Instead, we, we, we put something in their hand to keep them um, occupied, so to speak, the way of the world. And so they grow. They grow up without connection. And then we want them to connect when they're 14. You know, come talk to mommy. Come sit down. What's going on? Well, I, I, I don't know how to connect. I don't know how to express my feelings. I don't know how to tell you what happened today at school because I think I think that you think I'm this perfect child and, and maybe you don't want to hear that. I don't want to tell you about my confusing thoughts about my sexuality. I don't want to share that with you because you've got me in this perfect world, although I know that our world is not perfect because I'm here and I see. So we're sending conflicting messages to our young people. And we want them basically to do what we've not been able to do for ourselves. I remember um, living in North Carolina, and the church that I was attending at that time would have these um, sessions where the the, the parents would come in and the, and the children would come in, and he was adamant that these kids get to say whatever they will need to say, whatever they want, respectively, of, of course, but whatever was bothering them, whatever they were going through, they get to say it. And he was adamant for the parents, you cannot take this home. We're doing this for a reason. And I remember kids being expressive about the smallest things, something as small as my parents will get on me about my room, um, keeping things in order, da-da-da-da-da, and I'll go in their room and it looks like a tornado has been through there. And that you might say, I, this is my house, I get to do what I want here. But then if you get to do what you want, then what, why are you trying to teach this as a great message and that this is a benefit in your life? And so sometimes things become an ego 
um, trip, a power struggle with our own kids because we want them to be and to do what we've not quite, what we were not quite able to be or become or do. And this happens everywhere they go. They go to school. This is the time you eat. This is the time you sleep. This is the time you play. This is the time you go to the restroom. Um, you got to learn this. This is how you learn it. This is what you can't do while you're learning. And those things can be as simple as, um, I'll share another story, a young man taking a test, and he just happened to have writing with one hand and has his head kind of tilted on the other hand, and the teacher said, that's not allowed. You can't take your test like that. Like what, he wants to know. But if he challenges her or asks, may not be challenging, if he asks, what am I doing, that we're on such an ego stroke or, or trip that we cannot give a reason for what we do not want or why this is important. We don't, we're so disconnected that we don't want to explain. And so I put a lot of what our, this mental health condition that we're going through, that our children are going through, on what we're going through, that we're still on that milk. Because I see more people, as I started to say earlier, I see more adults. We had someone stop at a green light rather than going and driving like 10, 15 miles an hour on Germantown Parkway, we get up there and they're on the phone. They're, they're texting, texting back and forth. It's not children that are doing this. And so I can see the state of confusion with our young people. They need direction. They need a guide. They need people to show them the way, to show them how to become, how to live a purposeful life, not a perfect life, how to find their way rather than directing their way, help them become. We have kids, young people who I've talked to that, and I've shared this on the show before, they want to be a teacher. But parents said, oh, no, that doesn't pay enough. You can't be a teacher. That's not what we want you to be. And so they find themselves in college four, five, six years, trying to live their life for someone else. For an adult who maybe didn't really learn how to live theirs, which is why they're wanting this, um, wanting to control your life. And that just doesn't set well. And I think a lot of the mental condition comes from fighting, that we're fighting against something that was created, to, that was purposeful, I'll say that, fighting against yourself, that we teach kids or we direct them to a place where the fight becomes with themselves, trying to compete, trying to be. I spoke with a lady today just in buying coffee, and I was complimenting her on her eyes and her on her eye makeup. And I asked her, how long did it take you to do that? And she says, well, not long because I've been doing this since eighth grade. 
So what she was telling me, and I heard all of that because I'm listening. My listening ears are on. My 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 seeing eyes are on, and my heart is turned on. And so I instantly heard eighth grade, and I'm thinking, you've been doing this since eighth grade. And so yes, she's mastered her eye makeup. But then think about it. Um, we we allow our kids to be to become so grown and so into this world before they understand themselves or the world. And so we teach them to or allow them to feel that they have to compete in this way. I remember a fifth grader being dying her hair and having her ears pierced, and I just wonder what will come next. It's like they, they get a glimpse of so much before they really even understand what it means to just be who they are and like who they are. But why? Because we as adults haven't really mastered it either. We're always looking for the next thing. When everything we need is in us, but it's been buried. So we find the need to compete or we feel the need to compete. And that's what's happening with our young, especially our young girls, especially But look how they see women treat other women, compare each other. But when you you are sure about you and when you love you, when you don't get caught up or become um, addicted to this world and the things of it, when you do you because it's you, and not because you feel the need to do it or be it in order to compete or to survive. Because that's when I think the mental health conditions begin. And then they're not addressed because we don't do that. We don't allow that. We don't have conversations. We don't converse with each other honestly about feelings and emotions and about how what we're going through and what we're seeing and how it's affecting us. So I want to share, let me go back to, and, and I hope you guys wrote that down, OK, the letter O, the letter K, the number two, talk.org. So OK2talk.org is a wonderful site that you can send young people to, all people to, because if you're an adult going through this, it just may help you understand that you need to go back. You need to go back and figure out where you lost yourself, where the confusion started, how did it start, and how do you regroup and regain. And we need to pray about how do we help a young person do this. How do we do that? Um, I want to read a few things, and this is from uh, mentalhealth.org. Um, things that can help keep children and young people mentally well, okay? And some of these things were very interesting to me as I think about, well, let me read them and then I'll go back through each of them. Being in good physical health, eating a balanced diet, and getting regular exercise. Having time and the freedom to play indoors and outdoors. Being part of a family that gets along well most of the time going to a school that looks after the well-being of all its pupils, taking part in local activities for young people, okay? So 
So those were five things. Let's look at the first one. Being, and this comes from mentalhealth.org. I want to make sure that I give this out because it's not, not my work. Um, mentalhealth.org. Things that help keep children and young people mentally well include. The first one is being in good physical health, eating a balanced diet, and getting regular exercise. Think about the average day of a young person. And you know how you can measure it? Measure the life or the day of their mom or their dad or whomever, their caretaker. How much good physical health do they really get? What are, where are young people eating today? And how much exercise do they get? Because remember, we don't connect anymore. We're, we're connected to technology. The second one, having time and the freedom to play indoors and outdoors. That good vitamin D. And again, if you want to measure it, how much time do you spend outside? How much sunlight do you get? How much walking do you do? How much connecting do you do? Because, again, that will help you determine what your child is getting as well. The third, being being part of a family that gets along well most of the time. I don't even need to say anything about that one because some of the things I can go back um, to my own life. And if I told you guys, and maybe I have, uh, maybe I have, I don't know, if I told you some of the things that I've seen as a young girl, as a child, not 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 gen- not even making it about gender, but gender. But if I told you some of the things, and every now and then I get to share it with young people, and I remember one group in particular that I probably share more with than I ever have, and I I didn't go intending to do that, um, but I did, and I had. So many kids come up wanting to just talk to me, hug me, whatever. And you know why? Because they connected with my pain. Some of the things that I think they heard, and of course, they never think that because where am I? I'm on the stage talking to them, so so I must have had a perfect life. But when they find out different you know what that does or what that possibly did that day is that allowed them to see that maybe I can too. In spite of all that I'm seeing and going through, maybe there's a stage for me. Maybe I can break free from this. Maybe I'm not so bad. Maybe I'm not so ugly. Maybe I'm not too overweight. Maybe I'm not too short. Maybe I'm not too tall. And so it allowed, I I stepped into their world by sharing my world. Just because I'm on this stage talking to you, it doesn't mean I haven't seen and gone through some stuff. But I kept going. So let's go back. I want to read a few more, go through a few more of these. Um, so I won't. I, there's not much to say. You can answer your own. You can answer that, or you can speak on that for yourself. If you are a parent or or a big sister, big brother, being part of a family that gets along well most of the time, define most of the time based on what's happening in your life, in your home, around you. 
going to a school that looks after the well-being of all its pupils. Where does this happen? Like, where do we go today where the well-being of all people are, are the front and center? Doesn't even happen at church, unfortunately. Churches have their cliques. Pastors have their favorites. I remember the, 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 the um, I don't know what you would call it, but I heard about the pastor who was going to be reporting to this particular church as the pastor, and he decided to come in that day first as a homeless guy. Homeless clothes, uh, you know, just whatever you would expect your idea of a homeless person to be, and he wanted to see how he would be treated. And unfortunately, he wasn't treated the best. So that um, going to school that looks after the well-being of all its pupils doesn't happen. And you know what? We as parents, we don't make sure that it happens. We don't make sure. And I I can truly say that my, um, I I remember the story about the young boy that worked at Little Seizures. I never, I don't even remember seeing this kid again after that, and this has been so long. Just the conversation with him, um, you know, hey, how you doing while I'm waiting on my pizza, high school, da-da-da-da-da. He was a student at Ridgeway. And he said not so good in particular, one particular class, and I've shared this story before, um, and I'm asking, well, why? What's going on in this class? He said, well, we don't have our books. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't have your books? Because we're way into the, you know, the school year. What do you mean you don't have books and you're still being graded on, on things that you have no control over because you don't have a book? And so he went on to explain, we, we don't have books. And they said, you know, we don't have books. So, of course, I'm thinking, where's your mom and why? Why doesn't she know this, and why haven't you? Why haven't she? Hasn't she did anything about it? But okay, I know now. So what am I going to do about it? Because this is a child that's going to grow up, and if he doesn't get what he needs, guess what? He's going to become um, what he's going to do whatever it takes, possibly. So long story short, again, not my kid. I don't have um, this issue because. I was the one that I made sure Brandon had books and whatever, okay? So I called, um, talked to the teacher, didn't get very far. I could have stopped there, but I didn't. I called the superintendent's office. I got the director over this particular grade, and I spoke with her, and she was like I was. What do you mean he doesn't have a book? And I shared the story exactly as he had shared it with me. And she took my name and number down and said, let me check on this and I'll call you back. And she called back to say, basically, unbelievable, because these books are sitting in the warehouse on the shelf. All they needed was an appeal, a purchase order number. All someone needed to do was order the books. So we have kids that have gone an entire semester with nobody fighting for them. Nobody, not even the people that say they want the best for them and they love them. So this is what our young people are going through. And I'm not letting them off the hook in any way, shape, form, or fashion because we have 
kids that have come from from such terrible and horrible times made a decision. But I was I remember someone told me this that the one thing that makes a difference is having at least one person in your life that gives you a little hope, that says the right thing at the right time and lights the right fire in you. And they said it differently, but basically that's the gist of it. And so what we're not doing is we're not speaking life and we're not living life for these young people. We're not living life. We as women are not letting these young girls see us, respect ourselves, don't settle, don't think you're less than because you are a woman, don't think you have to sell your body in any way, shape, form, or fashion to um, to matter. They don't see people coming together and making it work, fighting for their relationship and their marriage and having love and compassion for one another, understanding. They don't see that. So what else do they have to offer? Because they think none of the other stuff works. So what else? My body. And imagine how they feel when they give that away and that's not enough. Even that's not enough. And they go to this school that does not have the the greater good for every pupil there. Imagine that. And the last one, taking part in local activities for young people. Not a lot of our kids get to do that either, and some of them get to do too much of it. It goes back to that balance. Kids need balance, consistency. They need examples. Other factors, and this is from the same mentalhealth.org site, other factors are also important, including, this is where it gets deep. And I found it interesting of the things that they noted first, um, but they say these are factors also important. Feeling loved trusted, understood, valued, and safe. We really could stop there, but there are several more. So number one, feeling loved, trusted, understood, valued, and safe. Number two, being interested in life and having opportunities to enjoy themselves. Being hopeful and optimistic. Being able to learn and having opportunities to succeed Accepting who they are and recognizing what they are good at. Having a sense of belonging in their family, school, and community. Feeling they have some control over their own life. Having the strength to cope when something is wrong, resilience, and the ability to solve problems. I'm going to pick a few of these um, because what I think I'll do is maybe do this show again, even if I don't hear from a young young person. And she may have just kind of got cold feet, you guys, and going through something. But um, I really feel like this show was for her. And whether she's on or not, she may be listening. Um, but I want to – I'm going to start with the last one, having the strength to cope 
when something is wrong, resilience, and the ability to solve problems. Um, As I said earlier in the show, rarely do our young people um, get to do this. There's no balance. And they think, they have this, this, this thought process that life is supposed to be perfect and everything about it. And that this is an, this is just an easy world with an easy button and they don't have to deal with conflict and learn how to think through. And a lot of that is because we do so much for them. We make them de- dependent upon so many things, rather than helping them grow and understand that Life is not perfect, and you're going to have to endure some things and make some difficult decisions, and you're going to have to uh, learn to persevere through some challenging situations. And I know that's that's difficult, um, but sometimes we make it more difficult because we don't, because of the pain that we've endured and did not make adjustments for in moving forward. So another one, um, feeling that they have some control over their own life. This goes back to making those decisions, you know, of what you're going to be when you grow up. This is what I want you to be. I was so amazed and so taken by the story of the, I think it's the GMC Chevrolet or something like that, one of those Detroit, Michigan uh, car car things where the seven, eight-year-old young, young man his aunt realized how much and how how good he was at drawing cars, how often he would do it, how much time he spent. At a very young age, she started sending his drawings off to, I think it was GMC, one of those, whichever one is in Detroit. And that, that young person who's now an old person has become like this top guy there because they liked his work so much. Someone saw something in him, and I believe whatever we were created to be, that purpose comes here in us. But slowly the adults and life take it away, slowly until we leave these children empty at a very young age and confused. And then the, then they, the, the mind starts to play with them. I'm this. Oh, but I'm not this because you said I'm this. And you said I should do this and I should go here and I should play this sport because da 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 I I was out eating today and this um couple was sitting very close, close enough for me to eavesdrop. <laughs> and so I did. And he was explaining I took it to be the husband was explaining to the wife this story that he was reading where this apparently a father walked out on the, during a game with his young child and slapped the other child who tackled the child down out of anger. I don't know, I guess he thought he tackled him too hard and that kind of thing. Imagine what this child will go through. To the point where the, the, the man was arrested and this charge is going to be bought against it. So control. Do they see us in control? Are we living a purposeful life? Because remember, we are the example. 
Another one, having a sense of belonging in their family, school, and community. I would, if we could take a poll, I wonder how many children feel like they belong in their family, in their school, and in their community. And what does that mean? What does that look like? Another important one, accepting who they are and recognizing what they are good at. Not what we want them to be good at. Not who we want them to be. But helping them accept, identify, accept who they are and what they're good at. Because it does not have to be the high-paying job. You know how many miserable people there are making a lot of money? And if I think we did some type of assessing that we would we would realize that many more people with much more stuff commit suicide than those that have limited resources. It goes back to poverty and people saying, you know, identifying people as poor. We've bought into that as well, which may be one of the biggest things we are doing to our kids. We make them think that that success or identity is based on things and money and how many dollars you have or you don't have, or whether you're wearing Nikes or Michael Kors purses. I see these young girls walking around with things that cost more than it, it takes for them to live off of a year. What do you think that does to a person who's looking for their identity, who's searching for purpose and passion? What do you think that does when we don't set boundaries? I can say that that's something we grew up with, that you there was a difference in becoming a teenager. There was things that I could not do because I'm nine and, and she's, my cousin's 13. And that was things that the 13-year-old couldn't do because that 16-year-old is a little bit older. And you just had to understand because you're you're still getting off your milk. We'll help, we are helping you. And I think those things were very beneficial. And I think they have nothing to do with taking away their control or taking away um, them feeling belong. I think it gives them meaning. Meaning. I think kids want direction. They want the tough love. They want the help. They want you to come in and sit down and say good night. They may act like they don't. They want consistency from us. They want us to be who we want who we say we want them to be. They want us to show them. And so I think all these things are leaving our kids dangling, confused, and, of course, with mental health conditions. I'm going to check the phone lines, and I want to remind you guys that the phone line is open. Um, you can We do have a caller, so just a minute here. I'm just going to check the chat line. So I have not did that. And remember, if you are listening, you can select the number one, and I will pull you in. As I'm going to do now, I'm going to the area code and the last four digits. We're pulling our caller from 901, area code with the last four digits of 5414. Caller, you're on the air with us. 
What's up, Miss Tammy? This is Nick. What's happening? Hey, Nick. How are you? I'm good. So I like I just like came on like within the past maybe fifteen twenty minutes because I just got off work. It's been a long day, but um, mental health, and that's what I think the theme is, right? Mental health, right? Right. For our youth and with our youth. So, um, interesting enough, and I'm not going to be really, really long with this, but I think that um, I just find it very ironic how um, mental health issues have been, um, and I'm very compassionate and empathetic because we all suffer from some sort of mental mental health issues, whether it's something weighing. And I think I heard you say something a few minutes ago about, you know, a person who works, you know, at a high-paying job takes on so much stress that it takes, you know, it weighs on their mind, right? Um, that That is real. <laughs> um, but I think, like, when it comes to what's interesting is that um, comparison is the, the thief of joy, right? And I'm very compassionate to those who may have mental health issues or, or, or whatever it is that they have going on and things like that. But um, I think, although I'm compassionate to people and their mental health issues and things like that, it's like, what can we do to overcome it? You see what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. it, it's it's one thing to you know, I have this issue. I get it. We all have issues. But what is the strategy around getting out of that issue into where you have more peace, you have more serenity, you have more um, just a, a whole well-being of life? Mm-hmm. You're asking what are some of the things that I think are, are anyone dealing with can do? Yes. Yeah. It depends on the age and sense. Tonight, it focuses focuses on our young people. Um, it's really tough to give them one thing that that, or even give them things that they can do without having, in my opinion, without having someone there to be a um, partner with them through this. And I think the worst thing that we did or allowed to be done is to. Our kids don't connect like we like. We we played. We were outside. We were being children. We we under yeah. We fought. We we did this. We we shared a lick here here. You know, lick lick or two here or there. But our parents, those adults who were behind the scene, they didn't take it further. So I think the first thing we have to do as our for young people is is get someone that you connect with. Don't don't allow yourself to be isolated or to become a loner. There's someone out there just for you. There's a friend out there just for you. Um, so that to me that that would be number one is to just share with talk with someone. Talk. You have to share it. Don't feel like it's an isolated issue. Don't feel like you are. Um, less than because you are sharing these things because I I feel like again we're all one conversation away from healing. So if we continue yeah. to have those conversations, we 
it allows for connection. And that connection allows each of us to see that there's not much difference in us. Like you said, Nick, we all have it. We, I'm, I'm 50 years old, and there are days I wake up just feeling some kind of way because I, I can, and I don't know. But as young people, when you have too many of those days and no one sees you, no one hears your silent cry, no one says, hey, you know, I, I, I reminded of a story, and I don't remember who these was. I just reminded, and this is a young person who did, who spoke about it at their graduation, whereas his plans were to take his life that day. But because somebody in the school started a conversation with him and invited him over to his house, you know, he didn't take his life. And he ended up, they ended up right. being friends. He spoke about that at graduation, how years back he was, he, his plan was to take his life. People just need somebody, genuine, yep. to connect and to allow me to be whoever I am for a minute. It doesn't mean I accept all that you do and all that you are, but I don't. that's not my decision. And I think at the end of the day, these young people just want to fit in, just want to. But at the same time, we got to teach our young people that you don't get to fit in everywhere because you are unique. And yep. kids want that. Like, they want the structure. They want the guidance. I remember a young man telling me, and I've shared this so many times on the show, about Brandon. Um, you know, Brandon didn't understand it because Brandon, it's, he had it. Like, he, he to him, and it's we have to teach kids to not reject what you have as well. But I was right. on Brandon about if you tell me you were at McDonald's or whichever way it went, because this was the situation, if you tell me you were at McDonald's, that's where you better be. And this is why. Right. Because if, if they if the news flash breaking news said there was a shooting at Burger King, I'm concerned about Burger King right. because there are lives and there are people. But my son is at McDonald's because that's where he told me he was going. But now if right. you flip the script and now you're at Burger King, on top of this, you're in my car. On top of all this, and I can add some more to it, then it, it takes nothing for you to call and say, Mama, I'm at Burger King. Right. And so this young man says to Brandon, because, of course, like I said, Brandon didn't like it. He, he's 16, 17, I think, at the, 16 at the time, and he's probably feeling, I don't have to tell you, if I said McDonald's, okay, we – we say Burger King, what's the big deal? And this young man says, at least your mom cares where you are. At least yeah. she wants to know where you are. And so they they want it and they need it. So I think every to answer your question, every situation is unique and different because these kids are coming from so many different lifestyles and challenges challenges that are caused by the people who are their caretakers, who are who are responsible for them at the time. But the very right. first thing I would say is talk. You gotta you gotta find somebody to confide in, to share. It's like we had Victoria on uh last week and she talked about her life and you know, there was a time where she wanted to commit suicide. She thought that there was yeah. it was easier that way. But along comes somebody somebody who gives you a reason. And so we just have to be open. I'll talk, tell young people who are listening, you look for people 
who you can befriend. Who you can if it's just share yep. look for the person who no one talks to and speaks to or who you can tell. You can you can look at people and tell that they're going through. And so right. we just have to start yep. learning to be there for people. Yep. Now I I agree I agree with you hundred and fifty percent and I think the most universal thing I is um someone who is willing to listen and someone who's understanding. Um, I think, and, and this goes for kids, this goes for adults and things like that because, I mean, like I said, we all have things that, and I can remember, I'll say this, and you know, and, and I can say this, and I, I remember, like, growing up, and I remember, you know, um, some of the stuff that I was dealing with when I was a kid, right? The The problem was that, you know, I was going through a lot of things as a as a child, you know, and things like that. But, you know, there wasn't anyone who was there for me to actually open up to, right? And so quite naturally what ended up happening was I ended up acting up in school, right? And it's kind of like it's just I, I, I think that because of the experience that I have, you know, and it was funny, Miss Tammy, I, I was talking to some friends um, on Halloween and, uh, or not Halloween, I'm sorry, the weekend of, uh, of Halloween. And I was telling them that a lot of times these kids, you can get some of these most most thugged out, ruthless, crumb, like juveniles. I, I've, I've talked to some of these kids before. And you can tell, hey, they may have a hard exterior, but you can tell that they're looking for that nurturing spirit. You can You, you almost can just see past the the hardness and you can see, like this deep down, this person is really wanting that nurturing spirit, and a lot of times that you know kids like that, you know who you know who are you know in, in the JC and things like that, you know they genuinely do want to reach out, but they feel like no one cares. And you hit it right on the money about you know the idea of we live in this world where people are become so synthesized to pain and suffering and things like that they make it to feel like they can't show sympathy or compassion to what people are going through. Mhm. Right. And we do that as adults. Like like we rarely have time for what will nurture us, what will what will change us. Like we 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 are afraid of change, which is which is why you know we we like to be at people to move that trash can to be to change things around in your house. Because we life is forever changing, and these yep. things we have no control over, and we don't allow kids even at a young age. If you pay attention to these young babies today, like I remember having, I have I, I, well, they're not here anymore, but my neighbor's little girl was very became very attached to, me. and then I have a goddaughter who, and they they became friends and. It got to a point where they started to compete for Miss Tammy's attention, like to the point where they would get mad at each other because, you know, and it, and it's normal to a degree, but some things we overlook and we let go yep. too far, where we can have yep. that 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 three year old, four year old, five year old conversation about sharing and how you can how you can share Miss Tammy, how Miss Tammy loves both of you, but what you cannot do is act this way with one another because of Miss Tammy. 
or you both will right. lose Miss Pink. We need to be able to to be honest with these kids and let them share their let them have their moment with their emotions, but not just mm-hmm. send them to the room with the emotion. Let them be expressive mm-hmm. about it. And then take ownership. Adults need to start taking ownership of what they did to these kids and what we continue to do to these kids. Yeah, I know. I agree. I think part of it too, Miss Tammy. I think that um, um, adults, you know, those who may have children and things like that, I think that they. Um, have a, I don't want to say not all children, but some, you know, those who may have children have a mask on their child's emotion. This is, this is, here's an example of that, right? Like, you know, I've heard some people that say that vulnerability is weak, right? So it's kind of hard to connect to other people or better yet your parents if you have a parent who's telling you that vulnerability is weak, right? So, and then, as as a another example, you know, I I think that's the first paradigm shift there is that vulnerability is not weakness; it's a sign of strength, right? And uh, second second thing is that it's it's no different than when, and I'm gonna use myself as an example. When I was a child, and I used to get spankings, <laughs> and so and it's like when you get a spanking and you cry and you cry and your parents say. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 imagine, like, understanding, like, you know, or like, understanding that if you whoop me, I'm going to cry. But if you tell me not to cry, like, you're basically, basically telling me to mask my emotions, masking my feelings. You see what I'm saying? Right. And I feel like, right. we, and I feel like we, we live in a society where we are masking, we, where the masking of our emotions has become so normalized that when true pain actually happens, people don't know how to take it because it's become so normalized. You see what right. I'm saying? So, I, mm. I, I totally agree. I, to, I totally agree. And that's something for our parents who are listening. You know, we some of these things you just, like I said, that's why if I could go back, I would say on my knees even the more because some of the things are, have become so normal in the in the way of parenting. I was speaking to a young lady tonight, and I and I call her young because she's probably she may be a tad bit older than Brandon. She's a mom now, um, just just a lovely lady, and she's married, you know, mom. And she was telling me about all the things that she did as a mom, like she she breastfed, and and she actually wants to share the news so that more young people will look into this and understand the benefits of breastfeeding. Um, and then she went on to talk about how she made her, her baby's baby food. Like she, she, she made her own baby food. She didn't feed the baby what, um, you know, out the store products and all of, all of that. And it's like she's taking time to be this. And it doesn't mean that everything's going to, going to end up, but she's paying attention. She's nurturing. She's taking care of She's giving right. that platform. But things like you said, just, and that's something we all do. How, how, how many times have you said, I've said it. I've, I've spanked Brandon and said, don't you cry. But what? why? Because we've heard that. 
But it's it's time for us to hear different. There, back in my right. day, my mom probably couldn't turn on anything and hear this type of show and the effects of of spanking a child and saying don't cry or not allowing them to express their feelings of, of pain, you know, or, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so we have to recondition our mind. We have to understand. Even I, and I'm still learning. I was, I was Stella and Brandon has taught me with being new, becoming, you know, preparing to become parents, how we think that it's, been, it's more beneficial to um, take the baby and put, put them in the other room or something. And I right. keep hearing over and over again that, um, matter of fact, I think what they told me, that's this, this kind of new world got you guys thinking that that's the right way to do it. It doesn't mean that the baby has to stay in there with you forever, but, like, a baby doesn't, it's not healthy, they say, for a baby to come out of the womb and just be detached from mom, just like that. That's, right. That, that's in abandonment, in a sense. But we don't think about that. We weren't taught that in this in this age group, I think. Now, maybe back in the day, they probably did better with these things because they were breastfeeding. They were they the children were there, you right. know. But somehow we started to conform to this world, to the patterns of this world, and I think it all it all was to lead us to where we are disconnected. Yeah. You want to say something? Yeah. No, I no, I no, I agree with you. I think that it's just um I I think like when just just when it comes to, you know, um like being able and like when I think about mental health, I, I here's another example that I had and I'm I'm gonna be completely transparent here, as you know me to be very transparent, right? Um, so I remember this one job that I worked, um I was at, and um, long story short, I became more wrapped up into the job than I was myself to the point that I lost myself to the point that, like, it started affecting with my mental health, right? And not that I'm a person who would lash out, nothing that I was anything and, like, you know, then. You know, I was going with someone at the time, and, you know, she's a good friend now, but uh, um, her nurturing spirit was everything. I never lashed out at her. You know, I never – but you can tell when someone – you can tell when someone's spirit isn't just quite right. And maybe not in a – like I said, not in a demeaning way, but you can tell when someone – has a cheerful spirit about them, and you can tell when they're going through it, and they're they're just not themselves, right? And I think, like, it's just amazing to me, like, as I look back on it, all this is through the grace of God, because I tell you what, going through that and going through just, it, it, it was hard, like, because every day I felt like I was just getting beat up every day, every day at work. I felt like I was getting beat up every day. And it it really it it got so bad i want to say that it got so bad for my mental health that i would literally just uh take off use you know pay time off and call it mental health days that's how bad it was you know what i'm saying and 
throughout that time, right, um, I did a lot of praying throughout that time. I learned a lot about myself during that, that at that time. But as you mentioned earlier, and, and, and it's happened of the theme, like being able to have someone to talk probably was the best thing that I had going for me. Because if I didn't, I probably would have been in a very miserable, like, I can't even tell you how much of a miserable state I would have been in if I didn't have anybody to talk to during that time. Mm. Wow. And I think that's what people are looking for, Nick. And I, and, and for those who are listening, young people included, um, first, don't think that any issue or feeling is an isolated one. And don't compare yourself with this world and the things that the world say is valuable and makes you valuable. Because yep. the strongest person is that person who knows who they are, accepts who they are, and love themselves. And then they're able to love each other. And the world teaches us differently. They they make us think that it's the other way around. So I know um, I know that my and I I still have not heard from her. But the the young lady that I had on for tonight, I don't know what happened to her. But what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna carry this on because there's some we do need to talk about. We need to take it deeper. What what do we do? Why do we do it? How do we do it? How do we pull ourselves out of this? Young um, teenagers, young adults, elder elderly people, all together. Um, and we're saying to young people, we have those days as well. I deal with my my depression from time to time. I deal with my self negative talk, and I'm coming talking to you guys every week, and have been since 2011. But yeah. you must know that this world is against you. I mean, it just is what it is. And and that's why it's so important to find your way, to determine what that is and know that you know what that is and what that means to you and what is your, what is your route there. And that way you don't waver. That way, you know, no one can, can, pull you over. I was sharing with my family this weekend, most funniest thing, and I've shared this on the show as well. My granddad used to take me to school in a garbage truck, like literally with garbage on the back of it. And I didn't care because what I cared about more was I had a granddaddy that I loved, and he took the time to get up in the wee hours of the morning go start his garbage route and do his thing. He owned his own garbage route, started his own business. He would do what people didn't want to do for themselves. Back then, you had to take the garbage to the landfill and you dump it yourself. People didn't want to do that. So guess what? He got him a truck and he said, I'll pick up your trash and I'll take it. And so he had all yeah. these, 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 you know, houses that he did this for. So he would get up, you know, in the wee hours of the morning, he would start this route. And it was in rural areas, but he would come back home and get his granddaughter, take her to school and drop her off, and he'd go back to work. So you thought mm. that I thought about people, other children picking on me about my granddaddy dropping me off in the garbage truck? Because my response was, at least I got a granddaddy to do it where yours. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't care. The same thing happened with me 
with I never was one for name brand stuff. Never. And I was known as Tammy Gator with the buddies on. Now could I have could my I was and I didn't I I didn't care. Yep. So it is my buddies lasting longer than yours. That didn't bother. I'm just saying I ain't heard buddies before. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, that's okay, but that's what and this is what our kids are hearing today. Kids have been picked on because they don't have this stuff and that stuff. And so saying to the young person who's listening tonight it was done to me, but I didn't care because I was not, at that time, it wasn't Nikes, whatever, what Converse or whatever. That wasn't, I mean, I didn't feel like what I had on made me who I was because the minute Correct. it's gone, who am I? And so you have to yep. get tough. You have to get strong in yourself, and you have to have that comeback just like I had it. Where your granddad at? Who dropped you out? Did you walk to school? Yep. Yeah. So you have to, you have to know who you are and what what values you have in this yep. life. Yep. No, so, I I agree with I agree with you fully. I you know I tell people all the time, Miss Tammy. I say that you know, um, you know, a, a lot of that when I was growing up was the same way, right? You know, um, but I think like what I you know what I tend to tell people is that when like when you're when we transition in life, no one's going to care about the clothes you wore, the shoes, the house you stayed in. Hell, nobody's even really going to care about the job you did, right? Like the only things that really matter when you go to funerals and stuff, people want to know how you were as a person. How did you impact your life? Did you leave a life of, of love? Did you leave a legacy, excuse me, leave a legacy of, of kindness, humility, loving, you know, uh, uh, generosity, all of that stuff. And it's like, I, I feel like even now in society, you know, uh, because it's even more heightened now. And the reason why it's even more heightened now, and, and Lord knows I hate saying this, Lord knows, because I often say that social media is not the issue, the people are. And but I But I also, and although I'm, I stand firm truth to that, um, I can't acknowledge that I do. But I, I can't acknowledge that um, that 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 social media does have mental illness. Uh, it, it it can play for mental illness for people. I've seen it, right? And I've seen people who look at other people's lives and look at their own life and say, "Well, why am I not where they're at?" And so instead of you know, or or if someone just is you know, just really just and – I, and I say this too, Ms. Tammy, and, and, and I have to go there with this. Although there, there's a heightened sensitivity around mental, mental health, you know, mental health and things like that, as it should be, because it's extremely important, and it can come up in the most um, – it can come up in just various ways. Um, what we have to – you can almost tell when some people – are going through it, and when some people exploit it. The problem with society is that everybody feels like that they have mental health issues, right? And to the point that it's like you see it, and it's like, man, like I get it. You're going through whatever that you're going through, but 
thing that I can I feel like I can just spot on when people have issues because it's something they they it's something that you have to pull out like literally pull out, you know. And people try to conceal their issues all day long, right? So I just think that when it comes to how we, you know, look at mental health and things like that, like, you know, it, it really understanding the root of what causes, you know, the the thief of joy, as I said, whether it's comparisons, whatever that it is, right? And I think once somebody understands the root issues of what's going on and why they have these issues and things like that, then you can slowly kind of start peeling the layers back and just really just trying to take control of your life. Right. I totally agree. And what we'll do next week, um, we won't work to bring it to a close, but what we'll do next week is talk about some of the risk factors. I'm going to do this show again in hopes that I'll have the young lady that was scheduled to be on uh, with me next week, and if not, I'm going to do it again just because I feel like this is this is where we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to be talking about because the suicide rate amongst our young people are devastating. And you think about the number of adults who get to that point and they feel like the easy way out is that as well. And if we really take the time we, and, and study that person's life, it'll go back to something from childhood that has just allowed to keep going, keep going and going, and it's turned into a bigger issue. Nick, you spoke briefly about the, you know, what people are going to remember and what they want to know when you're deceased or at your funeral. I think we've, I, I, I think we are so, I wish that still was, this is just my opinion only, I wish that was the case. I'm going to say to our young people and anybody listening, those same kids who have bullied you or are bullying you, um, adults as well, we have people that will come. This is where I feel we are. People, People who have not seen, talked to you, returned your phone call, thought about you, will show up at your funeral. Why? Why? Yep. Why? Yep. I was just telling my cousin who was here this weekend, kiss me now. Don't come kiss yep. me and test it. If you ain't kissed me when you saw me before, don't, don't. I don't because I don't know, and I probably don't even want to know. So I'm saying it's the very yep. same people who will, who is, who is part of your breakdown will come and watch you be put down. Mm. And not feel a thing. Mm. They won't show up for your life. See, this is a time we need to be loving people because we know what we're doing. Right. We know. And so that's why I tell these kids, you you get out, your granddad is drop you off in the garbage truck and somebody say something, you have a comeback. Where your granddad yeah. at? Who dropped you off? And, yeah. and if you got dropped off in the Cadillac, how many words did y'all talk, say to each other? Did your granddad tell you you loved him when you got out the car? Have a comeback for those same people. Take control of who you are. Love yourself. Talk to the talk to someone who you matter to. And trust me, there's someone out there that you matter to. Period. Yeah. Period. So what yeah. we're gonna do? Pick back up next week with some risk factors, um, things that causes 
our children, our young people to spiral into depression, to start thinking um, against themselves, to start feeling like I got to fit in, I got to find a way, I'm not enough. Because I think as parents, you'll be in, it'll be interesting to, for you to hear some of these things because like in the description, much of these things come from what is happening in their lives now. And if they're a young person and you're in their life and these things that are happening in their lives you're not aware of or you don't have time to look and see and understand, you know, we just have to be more responsible as yep. adults and make sure that we are, 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 I guess, striving for that peace and happiness and direction so that they can see because the best sermon is a sermon that they can see. And I'm going to end with that tonight, the sermon, the, the best sermon. So you guys stay with me. Nick. Thank you. We're going to start to bring the show to an end. Don't leave. I want to, um, I didn't get to say this, but uh, we're going to, I wanted to bring Brandon in to share uh, some news. We're going to have uh, a meeting here at my house tomorrow, and Brandon knows more about it than I do, even though it's at my house. But I want to share this for those of you who are listening who are in Memphis, and even if you're not, if you're somewhere close and, and this strikes your interest, um, then connect with us. But, Nick, I'm going to do this again next week. hope you come back um, and, and dig deep if you want to do some research on it and join me next week. I'd love it because it's, um, you know, you're a young male. It's different for males. It's different, you guys. It's so different. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many times I've asked men to speak to Brandon just because I know that I'm mama. I'm a woman. He does. I'm sorry. He knows I love him. But there's certain things I just can't give him. I just can't stay right. to a point where he gets it. It needs to come from a man, and then it's up to him. But even that was hard to to to, to own as a mom because you want to just be able to do it all and be it all. So I, I say to you mothers, you fathers, especially those of you who are in the same home, get it right. Get yeah. Get yourselves right individually so that you can become one and you be the best example for this young woman, this young man who's watching, who's a sponge trying to learn how to be, how to release the water that you pour in so that they can overflow with their own water coming out. Yeah. We just got to be better. So. Um, that being said, I'm going to bring Brandon in, and then, Nick, I'll get any final words from you. But, uh, Brandon, you're on the air with us. Are you there? Hey, 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 I'm here. Hey, hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just enjoying this, this wonderful show. I'm so proud of you, Mom. Like, that was a that was a beautiful, beautiful show, and I'm sure somebody out there really needed to hear that. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank and I, and I hope I Thank hope that um, no problem, no problem. And I hope that uh, there's somebody out there that that uh, needs to hear what I have to say uh, tonight too. Well, all right, let's have it. All right, so um, everyone, let's let's talk about credit scores. Um, mm. Let's talk about credit scores uh, and and exactly how they impact your everyday life. 
Um, just to give you a little bit of a background, uh, my mother and I have recently gone into business helping people repair their credit uh, with a company called Financial Education Services. Um, and, and here's why. You know, for, for a long, long, long time, my mother would tell you, I thought credit scores really didn't matter. I thought that, you know, credit reports were some kind of financial conspiracy, that it was just another way to fear monger your everyday American into doing what they wanted us to do. And granted, I had heard all these horror stories about bad credit. I had laughed about jokes about men and women turning down relationships and marriage proposals because the person in question had bad credit. Um, but I was never educated on just how much credit impacted our everyday life. Um, and let's just say that my lack of education on credit came back to haunt me in my 20s time and time and time again. Even though I was making great money in my career, had a great job, I was balancing multi-million dollar budgets. I was over, you know, city agencies and helping county agencies uh, balance their budgets. Um, at the same time, I'm sitting over here getting slammed because of my credit score. I always thought that a good salary and a job would be my credit score savior. But trust me, y'all. Trust me when I say it wasn't. So just a little bit about, you know, the, the, the state of America. Vantage score says that there are about 220 million scorable people in the U.S. whose credit scores can be scored. And out of that, 68 million, I looked this up today, y'all, 68 million of them have bad or poor credit scores. Now, that's lower than 601. TransUnion also confirmed these numbers. Nearly 80%, check this out, nearly 80% of credit reports contain inaccuracies or erroneous accounts. Your credit score is a major factor in any of your large financial investments, so I'm talking credit and loan approval, your interest rates on, on those loans, the amount of down payment uh, for your mortgage, uh, the mortgage type on your home, your premium on your auto and, and, and homeowner's insurance, uh, your ability to lease or purchase a vehicle. Poor credit can limit your, um, your cell phone service options, and you might even have to pay a higher utility deposit when you get a new spot. It's even become a deciding factor these days in job qualifications. Ooh. Now I'll tell y'all when I went when I went to when I went to work for Mass Mutual, they had to put me under review at first because they were like, "Hold up, brother, um, you got all these certifications from the state and everything on financial literacy and stocks and bonds and health insurance and life insurance, but uh, your credit's kind of bad." And most Americans, you know, outside of that, most Americans don't know that under federal law, after a specific number of years, negative accounts are to be taken off of your credit, credit, credit reports legally. They have to be taken off. But most of the credit bureaus don't actually do this. They put neg negative things are reported to the credit, but positive things aren't. Did you know that you can get the last two years of your rent payment, which is large, large most people's is their largest expense on a monthly basis is their rent. You can get the last two years of your rental payments put as a positive mark on your credit reports, but most people don't know this. So, folks, there's no room for error, yet 8 out of 10 or 80% of people are losing out on their hard-earned money because of these mistakes, inaccuracies, and erroneous accounts. So what I'm saying is that y'all need to know your rights. Protect your financial reputation. So if you are in need of credit restoration or if you're interested in doing what I do, helping people restore their credit and become more financially educated, then please, 
please, please don't hesitate to take action. You can contact me through Butterfly Evolution by leaving a comment, or you can contact me directly at my email, Brandon, B-R-A-N-D-O-N dot M dot Gator at gmail.com. Again, Brandon, B-R-A-N-D-O-N dot M dot Gator, G-A-I-T-O-R at gmail.com. Um, we'll be back hey. another time to do a full show on this, uh, but y'all hit me up if if, um, if you're interested. Brandon, I want to yeah. say something, um, and I hope we didn't lose our young people. I hope we still have some on because this, and I want I want to say this because Brandon Brandon said some things, and maybe to a degree he's correct on um, some of it, but he was told. He was informed by his mother about the importance. And here, and I'm a, I want to say this because it just came to mind that some of you are going to. I, I beat parents up tonight. I beat adults up, but somewhere, somewhere, if not yet, there will be a time where you are told some things, and just because it's easier, and you're you're young. You're trying. If I get it with Brandon, you know, somebody else told him something different, and it's easier sometimes to listen to that. You know what I'm saying? But I remember specifically saying, son, keep your credit together now, because his mama had been there and done that, seen it, cleaned my own credit. So what he's saying is right. I just so happened to figure it out and and figure out a way, but I'm that way. If there's a way to do it, I'm going to find out. After I see how it if it's a, it affects me, but some of you young people are being told some things that you are defying of that you you choose another out, and so just as I've gotten on them, the mamas and the daddies and the adults, I'm gonna tell you, young people, your if you're a parent, because not all parents do what they're supposed to do. We know this. But if you've got a parent who makes those sacrifices for you, they ought to be able to tell you, and I've shared this with Brandon, ought to be able to give you some instructions and you follow them to the T because for the sacrifices that I've made, if you follow them to the T, you will have a gold mine when you get to the end. So if you got yep. parents who, because we won't always get it right, we won't say it right, we won't say it at the, at the right time. But it's kind of like what we say about we have to say with God sometimes, while I don't understand, I trust you. And so you got to yep. get to a point where there's somebody in your life that you feel you can trust. And know this for you young people, credit matters. So this yep. ain't just for the old because, see, you guys getting ready to live. And like Brandon said, jobs can turn you down now because of your credit. These phones, these, these phones that you guys love, it will make you pay $1,000 to get it. And you will do it because cause you feel you got you need it. So this ain't just for the old. It's what Brandon just said is for the new, too. But I wanted to throw that in and make sure that y'all know that somebody told him. And somebody may be telling you guys something that you just choosing not to listen to. Yeah. But see, it all comes back around because look where he is now. He's working with his mama now. <laughs> doing this, <laughs> doing this, but he will have more passionate. He'd be more passionate about it because he's experienced it. But some right. things you don't have to experience. 
If your mama tells you that building is on fire, you about bet to see the building is on fire. Because very few mamas are going to send their babies into a burning building. I'm going to say few. Mental health exists. So I just wanted to make sure I correct one thing you said, Brandon, and I did it. <laughs> no, I said I, you, you are absolutely right. You told me. You told me. But I, I will say this, that there's there's a lot of things that are being told, but there's a difference between being told something and being educated on finances. So I knew, right. I knew the, like I said, I knew that the, I knew, I heard the horror stories and I heard, you know, the jokes and everything and, 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 and all of that, but I didn't, I didn't know why, I didn't know what, what credit limited you from and why and how it was assessed. And I, I didn't, I didn't know any of that. All I heard was don't, don't go that way. And, and, you know, I know I'm hardheaded sometimes. I'll be the first to admit it, but sometimes I just need to, sometimes I need to know why, or I wonder why. And if I don't know it, you know, at that time, being young and emboldened, I was like, you know, I'm going to find a way around it. I always thought that I'm just going to have enough cash to where that I'll never be impacted by it. I never had a, I never, never thought in a million years that I would go, you know, and get a contract with Mass Mutual and get called into the office and be like, hey, you know, we really want you here because you're, you're more than qualified. But um, we just wanted to ask you about a couple things on your credit report. <laughs> I never, I never wow. thought that. Yeah. You know, right. so, wow. so so with that with that being said, y'all don't turn up this opportunity. If you are in Memphis, uh, we are having a meeting tomorrow. Um, we're actually having it at my mother's house, and I'm not about to give her uh, address out over over the 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 live wire. But please contact us in the, in the messages or at that email that I provided, and uh, we will send you that address personally. And if and if um. If you guys are interested, please hit, hit us up. We're looking to expand this business. We need other people to join us. There are more than enough people uh, uh, that need this service, not just with credit restoration, but with identity theft protection, with showing how to build their credit, not just take negatives off, um, how to set up a will, um, you know, so that they're not out here like the, the family of Aretha Franklin with an $80 million estate, but now they're at probate court fighting over each other because she didn't have a will. Too many of our, of our um, life legacies are being left. Uh, so we have to stop these generational curses from, from going on to the next generation. Let's gain financial literacy, something that's been taken away from us and that's been withheld from us for, for, uh, for, for uh, a couple hundred years now. So we have the opportunity, not just as African Americans, but white Americans, poor Americans. This is more than than just a race thing. We have to become educated on our finances, because if we don't, we will we will suffer from this lack of knowledge. We will we will perish financially for this lack lack of education. So again, I don't want to keep us too long, but y'all hit us up, contact us if you are interested uh, in in an at home business or if you're interested in credit restoration yourself. Brandon, give that email address one more time. Okay, my, my email is brandon.m.gator at gmail.com, B-R-A-N-D-O-N dot M dot G-A-I-T-O-R at gmail.com. And if you missed that, you can certainly contact me um, through Butterfly Evolution, uh, through Facebook, Tammy Gator, G-A-I-T-O-R, and, you know, you can always connect with me on my line, 901-830-6088. But if you're in Memphis and you want to be a part of it tomorrow night, let me know. If you don't live here and you want to know about the opportunity, because like Brandon said, it's more about it's more about um, 
financial education, meaning the will, which I think is in, is important as well, having a will, especially if you have children, you own things, um, learning how to pay your bills off, no matter how much you're in debt. So it's more, it's, it's about so much more than credit. You know, how do you set up a, a, a plan to become debt-free? And we need to start planning for things so that we know how to execute them. Because if you don't have a plan or some sight, some vision of where you want to be, then you have no reason to sit down and come up with a plan. So you got to have the vision, create the plan, and be willing to be consistent in, dis- in the discipline that it will take to get you there. So if you're here or you know someone that's here, you got a friend that needs to be here, a mama, a dad, a sister, somebody, and if you're somewhere and you want us to come there, we will come there. But it starts with you. So thank you, Brandon. Um, okay, we're we're running shy. Nick, I said I was going. Do you have any final words? And then I, if not, or get them in now. Uh, share whatever, because you work in finances too, some I think. So anything you want to share I about do. the topic tonight or what Brandon has talked about, please do. Brandon, thank you again, and we will see you tomorrow for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Know, you. Um, I, I completely agree with the uh, financial literacy. I can't stress to uh, everything that basically Brandon echoed. I cannot stress to you how important it is to understand, uh, not only know it, but understand credit score, understanding what the, understanding what that means. As far as the topic that was discussed at hand, man, if, if there's anything I can say, man, if uh, so this is a twofold thing here. People, if if you're dealing with any kind of depression, if you're dealing with any kind of, please reach out to people. There, and and, and it is the same vein for people who are out here knowing that people, you know, some people out here are suffering and things like that. Please extend your time and and lending ear and open heart and open spirit to to listen to them because listening to them really could just mean the world to them. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So let's take time. Um, People over things, you guys, people over things. Um, That being said, thank you, Nick. Thank you, Brandon. Um, A couple of things. I want to give a shout-out to, again, my family who was here this past weekend, to everyone who helped us out this past weekend. We had Nanny B out on the road again Saturday we were swamped. We sold out of everything. We sold our plates that we had put back for us. So I am thankful for that. Yeah, we did. We, we It was amazing. And having family here and um, come out of town and my mom was there and um, my sister-in-law came for a minute and friends, Tamitha and her sister, they came out, and we, it, it's crazy because all of them had to kind of pitch in and, and just kind of help out because we were we were so, so busy. We had people that sat right down and, and ate their food right there, and we had some that went on Facebook and post best chicken they ever had, you know, best barbecue and all that. So if the weather permits, we're going to be out again um, at the Family Dollar. Dexter and Appling is where we've been setting up right down the street. So, 
um, if you guys are out or if you want to know if we're going to be out or where we're going to be, same way to contact us for now. Uh, we're working on the website and getting some other things set up, but we're keeping it moving. So special thanks to those who were there and supported um, and were the reason that we sold out. I, one of my cousins who was here is going to have a birthday tomorrow, and I promised her that I was going to give her a shout-out, Diane, who's one of my my uh, diligent supporters, I would say. She, she was, even tonight, she was on waiting before I got on, and typically that is that is the way it happens each Tuesday night and have been, has been, have been that way since we started. So, Diane, I hope you have a very special, special, blessed birthday tomorrow. Um, I promised you. Well, I don't know if I promised this. I think I said that I would, might even sing you a song. Not going to happen tonight because I'm tired. <laughs> Maybe, next. <laughs> Maybe next week. Um, and because and we're just running down the time here. So um, to our young people who 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 are on tonight and who listened or may listen, may hear this show, please know that you matter. Please know that there's purpose for your life. Please don't get caught up in what people say and do because hurting people hurt people. And the very fact that you understand what it means to be hurt or to feel that pain says you have a lot of life in you. Find someone to talk to. I gave out the number, and I'm going to give it out again just in case. Um, one of the websites, oktotalk.org, and that's the letter O, the letter K, the number 2, talk, T-A-L-K, dot org, oktotalk.org. Grown people, write that down. Young people, write it down. If if that doesn't help, there's a number you can call, 800-273-TALK, 800-273-TALK. I'm not a professional at this. But I'm going to tell you, I'm a professional at experiencing life and trying yep. to grow from where I come from, grow through what I've gone through. So if you can't get anybody, and I, you don't know how many young people, mostly girls, have contacted me through this Butterfly Evolution radio show. I've met so many young women through this avenue um, who've reached out about their self-confidence, about how they feel, what they're going through. And so... I'm here, and not just for you young girls, I'm here. And if I can't help you, I will certainly find somebody who can. Nick, Sarah, Brad, all of us. So if you cannot, I mean, but just know that you matter and that you are not an isolated issue. What you're going through is not an isolated issue. And be there for someone else. Be there. One way to get through some stuff is to, to hey to take that thing take control of that thing, don't let it break you let it make you, help make you. So I want to I'm gonna check the chat line here, and check the we got a phone call too. Okay, so let me check the fat li- chat line fat line. What is wrong? I told you guys I'm tired today. Um, okay, we have a caller and she may have pressed this by mistake nine zero one zero six six eight. You're on the air with us. Hello. 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 You're on the air. Okay. Am I on the air? Yes. Okay. 
I have, you know, he, the young man is really right. I'm gonna tell. You, I'm gonna give you all a little story. It won't take me but a few minutes. What happened to me with my credit report? Do you hear me? Yes. Do you hear? Okay. 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 Let me tell you what happened to me. I had some credit cards, and I turned the credit cards over. And what I did, I let them went through, and I let them went through the court system, and I let the court system go through my job to take the money out. But let me tell you what happened. After I got through paying for this same thing, the same thing that he's talking about, I got through paying for it. And about a year later, that same credit came back through where I had paid it off where I was Alabama. That was the credit for where I had, where my job paid them. Okay, and what they did they sold that same credit that I had already paid off to somebody else in Virginia. But let me tell you what I did. I had just enough to keep my receipt. I'm old-fashioned. I don't throw away. I got receipts back from when I left Valdosta, Georgia, and that been ever since 1980. I still got receipts from that. And so when I pulled my receipts, I went through chaos with these people for about two months. And then when I called the court system downtown, now, see, if I wouldn't have paid attention and kept my receipts, I would have had to pay for that same credit all over again. See, they do you like that. If you pay off a bill and, and, and it's already in, on your credit bureau, it's in the credit bureau, and if you pay off a bill, if you pay off a bill and you pay that bill off, that credit person will sell that bill, that same credit to somebody else, and you're paying it all over again. So I have been really educated over my my credit and what I've been doing when I pay bills. When I pay somebody and they don't they call themselves turning it over to the lawyer, I make sure I keep every receipt. But if I wasn't smart, it wouldn't have kept that. I would have had to pay that bill, and I went through holy hell trying to talk to those people. And then after I told them, I called the court downtown. They said no, they can't do that. She called me and apologized. Said I'm sorry. We made a mistake, but she didn't make a mistake. They were going to make me pay for that same bill all over again. Okay, good night. Have a good one. Thank you, Carla. Thank you. And and you guys, there. this is important for you. She brings up a good point because there are laws that um, Brandon and the, the the other director will go over that there are laws and there are things that you need to know to protect yourself that we just sometimes just go right into because you've not signed up or or initiated credit with some of these people that call you. And so there are certain things that you need to know your legal rights for when you are called by someone that you did not take out credit with. And those are things that we're going to share in addition to the powerful things about the power of a will and the need for a will um, so that you don't end up in probate with your family trying to get what you rightfully wanted them to have but didn't take the time to take care of. So I'm still learning, and I'm 50 years old, so there you go, young. So we have about 90 seconds, you guys, and I do really want to get this um, this sermon. Again, ha- happy birthday, Diane. Um, for you tomorrow, I'll sing you a song next week, I promise. But I want to read, and for those of you who are listening outside of the phone lines, you may want to call in real quick, 818-691-7406, because you're going to lose us in a few minutes, 818-691-7406. You guys have heard this before, but I want to share this. 
I'd rather see a sermon by Edgar Guest. I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. I'd rather one should walk with me than merely tell me the way. The eyes a better pupil and more willing than the ear. Fine counsel is confusing, but examples always clear. And the best of all preachers are the men who live their creeds, for to see good put in action is what everybody needs. I soon can learn to do it if you'll let me see it done. I can watch your hands in action, but your tongue too fast may run. And the lecture you deliver may be very wise and true, but I'd rather get my lessons by observing observing what you do. For I might misunderstand you and the high advice you give, but there's no misunderstanding how you act and how you live. And so that speaks for so much of what we talked about, even me coming back and correcting Brandon. Brandon is saying, I needed, I needed examples. I needed more than just for you to tell me. I needed you to show me the way and tell me the whys. And that's loving people, meeting them where they are and being that example. So that being said, this has been a great show. We're going to have part two next week. If you're interested in tomorrow's session or having a session in your town, uh, contact Brandon, B-R-A-N-D-O-N dot M dot Gator, G-A-I-T-O-R at gmail.com, or you can contact me and I'll get you his information. Um, I'm 901-830-6088, or you can find me on Facebook, Tammy Gator, G-A-I-T-O-R, or just Google Butterfly Evolution, and you can get me there as well. Our young people, I want you to know again, you do matter, you do matter, you do matter. That being said, thank you guys for listening tonight. Um, it's been a great show. Nick, thank you for, for listening, sharing, and tuning in. Brandon, thank you for the powerful information um, about getting our lives together financially. And I'll see you tomorrow on that. Um, to, well, I guess it's okay. To my mom who called in and shared her story, thank you for that. Um, Diane, happy birthday. And this song goes out. To you as we do always Playing her favorite song And how appropriate tonight Because she will, God willing, be A little bit older tomorrow You guys have a great night And this one is for you, Diane
somebody keep telling me don't hang around. It's been a long, a long time coming, but I know a change gonna come. Oh, yes it will. Then I go. Help me, please. But he winds up knocking me back down on my knees. Oh, there have been times that I thought I couldn't last for long. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.